0: Last week we had a great start to Advent uh, with Father Matthias preaching on how, on being prepared for the coming of Christ upon our own death, when each of us will be judged by Christ based on our love. I think it serves as a great reminder to all of us that we are not meant for this world. We are pilgrims on this earth, embarked on a journey towards heaven. And like any pilgrim, uh, we cannot take everything uh, on this earth with us. We have to pack like, so to speak. We can only pack the essentials. Right? Some of you who have done the Camino, I know exactly what I'm talking about. For those who don't know, uh, the, when the tomb of the Apostle St. James was discovered in Spain, it became a major source of pilgrimage for many believers and so those ancient routes that people took to reach that tomb is still used today. And the most popular route spans uh, a, dif- a distance of about 500 miles from beginning to end. And so even if you've never done the walk, you can imagine that if you're going to walk that trek, right, uh, engage in that trek to the, uh, to the tomb, you're going to have to pack smart, right? You have to be efficient in what you carry with you. And so for us... Uh, to be able to pack well, right? It means we have to remember that we can take nothing—nothing physical—with us when we die. Rather, what we have to focus on is uh, packing, so to speak, what is invisible. That should be our focus. And what is that invisible thing that we should be focusing on? Well, we hear it—a uh, hint of it—at uh, at a prayer um, at a funeral. Before the closing of a casket, the priest can say the following prayer. Blessed are those who have died in the Lord. Let them rest from their labors, for their good deeds go with them. Again, that last part. Let them rest from their labors, for their good deeds go with them. What is invisible that we can carry with us in our heavenly journey before our Lord are our good deeds. They're not just any good deeds. They're deeds that are filled with the love of Christ. We hear uh, in St. Paul in the letter to Corinthians that even if we are to give all our possessions away, but if we do not have love, we gain nothing by doing so. Even the greatest good deed, uh, right? Again, we gain nothing from it if there's no love of Christ present in it. And so in the pilgrimage we're all called to embark on, we're called to cultivate this love, to live in it, to live out of it. For that's what we carry with us as we face our Lord Jesus, who will judge us based on that love. And to be clear, as a side note, this love is not just purely an intellectual love, or merely meant to be something abstract. If we remember the greatest commandment to love God, we love Him not just with all our mind... But with all our heart, our, all our soul, right? All our strength as well. We love God with our whole person. And that sort of love can only be awakened by receiving that love first. To illustrate that point, just think of the love between a child, a baby, an infant, and their parents. And you can ask the question who loved first? Was it the baby? or her mom and dad? Well, the answer is the parents. And so it's the parents' love, right? The gaze of the mother, the loving gaze of the mother upon her child, right? The care of her father and also loving gaze of the father upon the baby. It is that that awakens love within the child for her parents. And so with us, the same way, That love of God has to be awakened in us, love of the whole person by receiving, giving the Holy Spirit permission to pour the love of God in our hearts. It's his love that awakens love in us. That's why the Christian life is a response to God's love. And so it's this kind of love that we're called to carry with us on our heavenly pilgrimage. Now, is there a way to know? whether or not we're growing in this kind of love, that we're cultivating this, that we're on the right path. Well, there is, and they offer one way. And that way is this. When we eagerly desire God's forgiveness, when we desire it so much that we are comforted by the promise of God's forgiveness and receiving it. To explain, just think of a couple that is madly in love with each other, maybe a newlywed couple, the last thing you can imagine they want to do is intentionally hurt their spouse. And yet, maybe one of the spouses, through a a thoughtless action or word, unintentionally hurts their beloved. How comforted is that spouse when they receive their loved one's forgiveness? Right? Their desire to love and not hurt the other makes some desire to be forgiven when one fails in that love. So it is with us. When we have the love of God in us, we find comfort in God's mercy. We find so much comfort to such an extent that we yearn for it. We seek it. We are consoled by that mercy. We hear then this consolation in the word of God that we heard today, where God is telling his prophet Isaiah to speak comfort to his people, a promising forgiveness. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. This message of forgiveness is particularly comforting to Israel at this time because they are in exile away from their home because of their sins. And that means, right, they're, they're apart from this land that they've inherited as a gift from God. They're away from Jerusalem, which is the focal point of their worship, right, where they offer sacrifice to God. They're under rule by a foreign power. And so forgiveness is such a consolation because not only are they able to journey home, but they're able to go home back to where the Lord brought them to. Back to Jerusalem where God is present with them. Well, for us, in our journey to heaven, receiving God's forgiveness means we're able to journey safely to our new home in heaven. One for us, opened for us by the blood of the Lamb who has forgiven our sins. And when we have the love of Christ, that forgiveness consoles us. By receiving it, it's a good sign that we're on our way to heaven because love desires forgiveness. And since all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? When we're more aware of, our, of the ways we failed in love, the more we desire forgiveness. And so I end with this. During a funeral mass, one of the prayers that a priest can say over the gifts present on the altar, a prayer for the deceased, is the following. As we humbly present to you these sacrificial offerings, O Lord, for the salvation of your servant, we beseech your mercy that he who did not doubt your son to be a loving Savior may find in him a merciful judge. Let us today prepare to meet our Lord, prepare for the end of our earthly journey by having recourse now to Jesus as a merciful Savior, by accepting right the forgiveness he won for us, by responding to his love, so that at the end of our life, we may find in our same Lord a merciful judge.